Welcome to the From the Flats podcast, brought to you by AT&T, your destination for the latest in Georgia Tech athletics. Now, here's your host, Wiley Ballard. And welcome inside another episode. We've got a lot in store for you this week. We'll be visiting with Eileen Morales as Georgia Tech softball team gets set and begins 2019 season. We'll also be joined by Andy Demetra, voice of the Yellow Jackets, with some men's and women's basketball insights. But we've got a very special guest to kick things off. That'd be none other than the reigning number two overall pick of the Major League Baseball draft, Joey Bart. And Joey, so thrilled to have you here. And, and Hard to believe in some ways as we sit here at Rush Chandler Stadium right now. A year ago at this time, you were out there getting ready for your junior season, and over the course of the next year, you'd be named ACC Player of the Year. You'd be the number two overall pick by the San Francisco Giants, highest draft pick in school history, and you'd sign the largest bonus for a position player in Major League Baseball draft history. So with all that in mind, how would you describe the past 365 days? It's been uh, it's been a whirlwind. I can't even think back to you know, when I sat here and we were talking, you know, won all the preseason All-American awards from that to the scout meetings to fall and practice starting up winter right now, getting to go, the cold weather in Atlanta. I mean, everything's gone by so fast. Uh, I feel like I haven't been in school for a year or two, and, and it was only like six months <laughs> ago, you know, but uh, I'm so glad to be back here, man. I'm glad to, glad to chat with you. Always fun and always well, but uh, yeah, just, just coming out here today and trying to see what see what our team looks like coming up but and even within the Giants organization of course Buster Posey who was the player of the year 2008 at Florida State he's had quite a career in San Francisco but I want to ask you about a, a Georgia Tech connection with the Giants and specifically the scout who signed you Luke Merton did his did your did that relationship that extra Georgia Tech appeal make you feel even more comfortable with the Giants I mean how did his relationship having played for Coach Hall having been a Georgia Tech guy sort of impact the way you felt about San Francisco and joining the organization it was awesome. Uh, Luke Luke's always been. A, I remember him in high school. He was always a funny guy. And coming to Tech, he was always. You know, in high school, he told me I was making a great decision and, and so forth. I don't. Feel, I feel like they didn't really scout me. Maybe I don't know in high school, but I didn't meet with them. I don't know if they scouted me hard. But Luke uh, Luke's an excellent guy. I love him. You know, he, when I was going out to San Francisco, he was on the plane with me, and and uh, we kind of traveled together. And he kind of gave me the the insight of things leading up to the draft and. I remember I think Jonathan Langley was talking to him at the GT Golf uh, outing last uh, last spring, and that's when I knew that they were kind of interested in me because it seemed so bizarre about the number two pick, you know, and, and Langley came up to me at workouts and was like, yeah, Merton was grilling me about you, man. They're trying to figure out everything about you. I was like, no way. And he's like, yeah, they're actually serious about it. And from then on, I was like, golly, this thing could really happen, you know, so – and for those that don't know, Jonathan Langley, bullpen catcher here at Georgia Tech the last four years, was selected by the Dodgers uh, to be their big league bullpen catchers. You guys, you're not allowed to speak anymore, are you? <laughs> yeah, actually, that's funny you say that. I didn't think about that. But, uh, no, when he was talking about big league camp, all you're going to be with uh, the players, I'm like, dude, like, you're on the plane flights with these with these guys you're throughout the whole season, man. I gotta work my way up there. They're gonna get rid of me in a couple of weeks. Like <laughs> you're getting the same, all the same stuff. Uh, you're gonna be catching Kershaw and, and feeling that guy out. So I mean, no, uh, you know, I really haven't even thought about that. You also alluded to you got the invite, uh, non-roster invite to San Francisco Giants camp in Scottsdale, Arizona this spring. What does that mean to you, and what are you most looking forward to? That's a big deal, by the way, folks. You may not know getting. Uh, the invite less than a year from being drafted. You know, it's incredible. I, I was uh, in the, I was in the, um, where was I yesterday morning in the weight room, and Julian Edelman walks in the weight room, 
and I'm looking at this guy like he's like he's one of my favorite players. He's a god, and you know, someone looked at me and was like, "Dude, like you're a professional player now. Like you can't do this anymore." So I'm kind of nervous about it when I walk into camp and I see my favorite player for a long time and Posey and like all these other guys. I remember watching Johnny Cueto pitch at the TED in, in Atlanta. You know, guys like Madison Bumgarner, guys like that. Watching him in the World Series and you know it's going to be weird. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, hopefully I can act kind of normal, but I'm definitely going to be fanboying over some of these guys, <laughs> maybe for a little while, but after a while, I think it'll set in and I'm, I'm there where I belong. So. And that's a look at where you're going. Let's take a look at, at where you've been and what might be in store for this 2019 Georgia Tech baseball team. You know these guys awfully well. A lot of returners from last year's team. What, what's your quick uh, projection for what we might see at Rush Chandler Stadium this spring? You know, I know we're going to be able to pitch with the guys that we have coming back, um, which is awesome if you add that into, you know, Tech's rich history of, of swinging the bat and scoring runs, hitting home runs. Um, I think that has a good mix. Uh, you know, Connor Thomas coming back, Curry's back out there, uh, Herter's going to be in full swing. And, you know, I've heard some other guys that come on really strong. Um, you know, we're going to have Austin Wilhite back at shortstop for a third year with some experience. Waddell's, Waddell's grown a lot, and he looks really good. I mean, you can go down the list to Serratos, who always shows up, you know, in the spring, ready to play. He's a gamer. So um, these guys are these guys are special. You know, the only thing holding them back is, is themselves, you know, just going out and not worrying about the outside, you know, the, the scouting, the whole draft process, all that. You know, it can bite some people. Um, in the butt, you know, leading up to the draft. But these guys, you know, if they can just come out here and have fun and have a good time and keep everything in perspective, um, I, there's no telling. You know, obviously we're always talented and, and this, this uh, the sky's, you know, the ceiling's the limit. So, Any uh, specific piece of advice for Kyle McCann trying to fill your shoes? And he's got enough talent to where he could see his name high on a draft board one day. He's got a lot of talent. Um, you know, that's one of my good friends. I, a lot of people have called me, asking me about him, and I think he's going to be really, really good. My advice to him would be to embrace, just go ahead and embrace now what you're going to go through this season, through the highs and lows, you know. Um, he's got a great eye, so he doesn't have to, I don't think he's going to have to worry about getting a funk at the plate. But um, him behind the plate, you know, he's going to be healthy. He's good. He's, he's almost good to go here. But He's just gonna have to get used to getting his body in, in in control because you know, coach gave me the reins for the last two years. He hasn't had much time back there, but that doesn't mean he can't do you know what I did. So, um, just kind of take care of your things, take care of your body, be on top of that, and ultimately that's where everything goes because it's gonna get to a point at some point in the season where things are gonna go downhill and he's gonna start feeling bad and you know emotionally, definitely mentally, and and if you can just kind of overcome that, then everything's gonna uh, figure itself out. It's one of the most mentally challenging positions in any sport, and uh, you went to one of the more mentally challenging schools in the country, Georgia Tech. So let's wrap up with that, Joey. What does Georgia Tech mean to you? Not not only as as a member of the athletic department, of course. I mean, I, I saw you sideline at the Miami game this past fall. You still uh, keep the close eye on the jackets on the court, but the degree and, and the community itself. You know, I love I love my school. Um, if you would ask some of these, some even Coach Hall, maybe Brian Prince, when he recruited me, if this was a school for me. I honestly couldn't tell you if it was. You know, I'm not a super academic guy. I, not a big city guy. But after coming here and and being part of and being around some of these awesome people, I love it. And I don't think you realize it as much until when you come back. Like just watching this stuff now, talking to coach the other day in the office, 
just so I'm just so interested on everything going on. I just want to know everything, you know. Like you said earlier, my parents were at the game last night at the UNC uh, the Tech game, and and just being around here is awesome. You know, I I grew up not too far from here, so I can get in and out, and I can check on everyone and see some of my good friends and coaches and people I love. So um, this place is everything to me. I I owe it so much, and and uh, you know I think a lot of these other guys will, will once they'll be here in my shoes here in a year or two, they'll realize it as well. Well, Joey, thanks so much for your time. Best of luck, uh, not only in Scottsdale for spring training with the Giants, but the rest of your way, your professional career. And uh, we hope to see you back on the flats uh, often and uh, regularly. I appreciate it, Wiley. All right, that's Joey Bart, second overall pick by the Giants. Get ready to go to Giants spring training uh, in a couple short weeks. Next up, we got Eileen Morales previewing the 2019 softball season opening day, February 8th, down in Jacksonville. Yeah, and you see her, you know, uh, wearing the mask. And Watch out. Oh, my. Are you kidding me? Home run, Katie Cruz. And she will take her cruise around the base pass as the deficits cut to one. We're now joined by head softball coach Eileen Morales. And, Coach, it's hard to believe, but you took over the program getting up on two years ago, June of 2017. Yep. Before we get to this season specifically, what type of changes have you seen within the Georgia Tech softball program that you guys have been able to instill? We touch on a lot about just having a, a tough mindset and a, a great um, work ethic. So every single day when we come to the field, uh, we're trying to work hard, uh, pushing ourselves to be a little bit better. Uh, you know, we, want, we make practices extremely competitive. We want them to be competitive as well as fun. But I think that's the, the biggest thing is just, you know, every day we're here to work. And so we want, we want them to continually come in and, and try to get better every single day. What has you most excited for 2019? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's just great to get out on the field with your team. You know, we've been scrimmaging a bunch, and so, you know, I think they get a little tired of, of uh, beating up on each other. And so just to get out there and, and compete uh, flat out, you know, our best versus somebody else's best, whatever the opponent might be, just the opportunity to get out there and play seven innings um, on the field uh, and, and not in that uh, modified environment. But uh, a lot of great players. Um, we've got some exciting um, – Bats, uh, Trish Awald, one of them, as well as some great bats returning and, and um, pitching. So I'm excited about our pitching staff as well. Can you share some details of the pitching staff? You guys cut the ERA in half mm -hmm. in your first season, yep. and now Emily Anderson gone, mm -hmm. but a couple key transfers yep. coming onto campus. How are they going to help? Yeah, I mean, we, we've got two great arms uh, that are juniors, and uh, Amber Johns and Morgan Bruce. Morgan came from Old Miss, and, and Amber Johns came from uh, North Georgia and was an All-American there. Uh, so they both have experience winning at a high level. Uh, Amber was undefeated last year, so it's pretty impressive. I don't, I don't care what level you're playing at to, to have an undefeated uh, record as a, as a pitcher. Um, so those two bring some experience as well as, uh, you know, just quality arms that have won in big games. Uh, and then we also have, you know, our two returner, two lefties returning and Brooke and Naomi and a freshman Palmer. So uh, just a lot of different looks for us. It's exciting. Uh, Coach, Coach Owen does an amazing job with them. I'm not trying to make them into something they aren't, but trying to uh, uh, pitch to their strengths, trying to develop them to what they do well. Um, I think that's one of our our greatest things is we're not trying to make a bunch of robots here. We want to make sure that those pitchers throw um, their best stuff and, and whatever that might be, we're going to modify how we um, how we coach them. So opening day is February 8th against Providence down in Jacksonville. Then you've got several home games between now and, and the start of ACC play on March 8th. But in that month of 
non-conference play, what do you hope or what questions do you hope to answer about your team? I mean, we want to solidify, you know, who our one and two or who our, our best two pitchers are, uh, first and foremost, because the game uh, starts in the circle, ends in the circle, and, and you need to have uh, some dominant arms out there. Uh, beyond that, I, I think that, um, you know, we're going to play around with the lineup, find, you know, the best lineup to, to score the most runs, obviously. And, and so, I think just figuring out how to put all those pieces together. We have a lot more options this year uh, than last year. A lot of players that can can play multiple positions can put you can put them in different spots in the lineup, and so that's really exciting. Just to know that hey, you know somebody might catch for us one day and then be you know in the outfield the next, or uh, you know someone might be a DP one day and then be in you know outfield the next. So just just a lot more opportunities uh, for players to get in the lineup as well uh, if they're swinging the good bat. And before we let you go, Coach, you mentioned that your initiative within the program be gold. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you expound upon that, and how did you guys, the staff, come <laughs> up with that? The idea about be gold is just to to go for excellence in all aspects of your life. And so, uh, you know, gold is a standard. Uh, you know, money is measured by a gold standard, and and uh, when somebody wins. Uh, in the Olympics, you get a gold medal. So all of these things, gold is you know being the best of the best, uh, representative of being the best of the best. And so for us in our program, you know we want every single day our players to push themselves individually and then collectively uh, to be the best version of themselves. And so I think that you know the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And so uh, it's kind of like a mantra of every single thing I'm going to do, um, I'm going to do it with excellence. And, and uh, so it's a simple way uh, to remind them. Uh, of just uh, being great every single day. Well, if you can be gold in this type of weather we've had this week, then uh, going down to Jacksonville in a week and a half ought to be uh, not not too tough. Yeah, that, that's sunshine. <laughs> we're, we're ready for it. Ready for it. All right, February 8th opening day, home opener February 13th. And make sure you check out the Jackets all throughout the spring at Newborn Field. Coach, thanks for your time. Thank you. Go Jackets. Right, next up, we've got Andy Demetra talking men's and women's basketball. This is From the Flats. DeVoe can't angle him from the left. Teeds Banks, hit in the lane, and he jams it down over Williamson. Scored, and the foul. He scaled Mount Zion. And he brought the thunder from above on Zion Williamson. And wrapping up our final segment of From the Flats, joined by voice of the Yellow Jackets, Andy Demetra, who spent a lot of time this past month watching a lot of Georgia Tech men's and women's basketball. And Andy, let's go ahead and start with what we saw against North Carolina earlier this week. Uh, it was kind of a buzzsaw there for Tech facing their second top 10 team in a span of four days. What have you seen from this group against some of the tough competition? Well, I, I think they just ran into a buzzsaw, like, like you said, Wiley. And when you have a team that's making threes, especially ones of a high degree of difficulty like North Carolina made in stretches, and when you struggle to make threes, it's hard for you to catch up. But I think we saw in that first half of the North Carolina game and both halves against Duke that Georgia Tech defensively can really make life uncomfortable for high-powered offenses. And if that's the case, which it has been more often than not this year, Georgia Tech is going to give itself a chance to compete night in and night out. It was a rough one on Tuesday, but you have to shake it off because you know that Florida State's not going to keep its foot off the pedal, uh, and you have to have a lot of resolve if you want to survive in the ACC. Georgia Tech will have to absorb that lesson quickly and, and move on to the next one and still have faith in its defense because it's been there for them more times than not this year. What can you make of Abdullah Gay's growth the past few seasons? Uh, he might be the leading storyline of the team these last couple of weeks, averaging more than 14 points over the last five games. Yeah, in five straight games with double digits. He had never had a four-game stretch in his career, non-conference or in-conference, 
with double-digit points. Uh, to think that this was a face-up guy at the beginning of his career, and now to see him with such fluid footwork in the post, he's playing with a lot of confidence. I think if teams continue to single guard on AD in the block, they're doing so at their own risk because he's got a, a very artful array of moves. He can turn over either shoulder. He's got the up and under. He's got the duck in. Um, and he's been a great source of steady offense that Georgia Tech has needed from his low post. Josh Pastor has said since the Georgia game he wants his team to punch it in. He, he's repeating that line off and punch it into the gut of the defense get consistent paint touches and play inside out. AD has benefited from that, and he's shown that he can be some guy who can deliver on a night-in, night-out basis, and I think that's great. It's taking some pressure off of James Banks, taking some pressure off of the perimeter guys, because now you can throw it down to AD, and he can get you a bucket. So kudos to AD. Uh, he's not going to be the most improved player in the ACC, but anybody who's watched him over the course of his Georgia Tech career has seen him transform into a totally different player and a reliable offensive threat in a way that I think very few could have anticipated. So obviously, the ACC is going to be a gauntlet regardless, but the last three losses for Tech over those four games come to Louisville, Duke, and Carolina. They're combined 18-3 and three in the mm -hmm. conference. So in some ways, the schedule maybe lightens up a little bit going down to Florida State. So it's going to be a tough task. But as far as the month of February is concerned, how do you want to see this team grow? I, I think just continue to, to be more consistent on the offensive end. You have to make the available threes. And, and Florida State's another team on Saturday, like Duke, like North Carolina. They're going to play up the line defensively. They're going to try to force traps and deflections to, to trigger their fast break. they got a lot of athletes. They can choke down airspace like Duke and North Carolina can. And so when you have an available three, got to make the available three. Georgia Tech wasn't able to do that Tuesday. If they can do so Saturday, combined with their defense and combined with limiting their turnover count, they're going to give themselves a chance. Really, it's about minimizing your turnovers, making the smart decisions, not trying to force a high leverage pass in the half court and not letting whatever lulls you might have offensively. And, and Georgia Tech, like every other team in the ACC, is going to go through spurts where that well runs dry on the offensive end. You can't let that undermine your intensity on the defensive end. Georgia Tech is not that far off, and they know their blueprint. They know their identity. It's just about not only competing but completing for all 40 minutes. And I think if they do that, uh, this team is going to get some wins come February. So that's a noon tip on Saturday, 11.30 coverage of the IMG Sports Radio Network. Andy Demetri, Andy Waters bringing you all the action. As far as the women's side of things, this is a team you've seen a lot mm -hmm. covering their games in ACC Network Extra. And they're right on the cusp right now on Bracketology on ESPN. I believe they're the second team out uh, entering this week or either this Thursday night uh, as they have another tough contest against North Carolina. What have you seen from them, particularly the two freshmen, Liz Dixon and Elizabeth Balligan? Yeah, first off, this game against North Carolina is big. Tar Heels just came off upsetting number one Notre Dame. I'm glad you mentioned where they are in the Bracketology. <laughs> We've got a long way to go. But that should underscore to every Yellow Jacket fan how important it is to get to McCamish over the last month of the season and continue to create that home court advantage, help see Georgia Tech across the finish line and into the brackets. Elizabeth Battigan is alone worth the price of admission to McCamish. I mean, you talk about just a, a pro game, how skilled she is off the bounce, 6-1, able to stroke the three. And Liz Dixon is a rugged offensive rebounder. She's a lot of fun to watch. She can run the floor. Uh, she can gobble up rebounds. To have two McDonald's All-Americans who are playing at a high level in the ACC as freshmen shows you what kind of growth potential both of those have. Um, it, it's a critical stress for Georgia Tech, and they know that. But, again, talking with all these coaches for our broadcast at ACC Network Extra, 
they respect how much of a challenge Michelle Joseph's team presents with the constant pressure and the trapping, the size, the rebounding, and the skill players like Bowling and Pond on the perimeter. Uh, they're a team that when they put it all together, they can be scary, and we'll see if they can do so over the next month. If they do, uh, you're going to be talking about Georgia Tech in March in the NCAA tournament. And to Georgia State's credit, they've already kind of come through with a big win over Syracuse a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. top 15 team, gave NC State the only undefeated team on either men's or women's basketball. All they could handle last weekend as far as Georgia Tech getting those wins in February. Is there one key player you want to see beyond those two we discussed really uh, come along? I think it's Francesca Pond, and, and we've seen Coach Joseph move her off the bench for the last two games. She'd only come off the bench once in her first two seasons. Uh, she's somebody who needs to get her offense going. We've seen her ceiling as a, as a skilled offensive player, but if she can get that three ball work and you pair her with Balligan, you can't sag off either one of those. And to have her in rhythm with Balligan together on the offensive end may, adds an extra layer of danger to this Georgia Tech offense. Pond has been through meaningful high leverage basketball games before uh, in her freshman and sophomore seasons. If she can give that consistent offense and that consistent effort every night, uh, again, it's going to turn, give an extra dimension to this Georgia Tech team that really has them well equipped for the stretch run of conference play. Well, Andy, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, I suppose we'll leave with this uh, Friday night in Tallahassee. What do you got planned uh, before that noon tip? A good night's sleep, Waddy Ballard. <laughs> a good night's sleep and putting the finishing touches of my inside the chart column, which you can read Saturday morning on ramblinrec.com. Sounds like a plan. All right, look forward to that. And tech fans, enjoy another great weekend of Georgia Tech basketball. We'll have another episode in a couple of weeks. Until then, have a great weekend. You've been listening to the From the Flats podcast brought to you by AT&T. Be sure to tune into the Georgia Tech IMG Sports Network on game days for live coverage and subscribe to this channel to get the latest news on the Yellow Jackets.